babe. Yeah. It's it's time. What? We're gonna do the thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, I like your shirt. Thank you. My mom got it for me. It's, it's about awesome. Zoom teaching. Yes, which we're all doing now. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. And this is another episode of Together for Salem. We're so glad you decided to join us in our basement. And I'm Monica, if I didn't say that already. This is Mr. Fiedler. You can call me Aaron. Oh, okay. All right. Probably other stuff too, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll stick with Aaron. Okay. okay, great. So we're so glad you decided to join us. Just a couple of things before we pass it over to our friend John, who's gonna talk to us about part two of Let's Be Real. Let's Be Real. So we have a giveaway for you on the other end, so be sure to stick around for the end. We'll come back and talk about this week's giveaway. And if you're new, fill out a welcome form. It's on our website. We'll send you a free e-gift card just right. for watching, which is fun. I've had actually, this is funny. You know what's happened to me? <laughs> it's not funny yet because I haven't said it. Oh. But today I went and I saw somebody just around town and yeah. they were like, hey, I know you. And they, they saw us on the YouTubes. Oh, right. Which yeah. is so much fun. So if yeah. you're out there and you've been watching us on the YouTubes, watching our episodes from Cross Creek Community Church, that's who puts this out. Right, but we don't know yet. We don't know. We don't know yet. Yeah. yeah. Fill out the welcome card form on the website at this URL. Say hi, and then we'll send you a free e-gift card. But also say hi to us. Yeah, when you see us Wherever out. you see us. So that's super fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, so fill out the welcome form. And if you've got kids, there's kids stuff for you on our website. So be sure to check out the kids stuff. It's different every week, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Do you know that this this month's challenge for For Salem, our For Salem opportunity? Because it's September, right? It's September. Yeah. Is parent-teacher appreciation. So we want to appreciate teachers, parents, if you're homeschooling your kid or you're a grandparent, maybe of some kids who are being homeschooled or doing comprehensive distance learning. Did I say it right? Yeah. yeah, it is CDL, yeah. Um, you can thank them and appreciate them. You can do it virtually or you can do it real life. You can give them brownies or a box of wine or a gift card from somewhere in town. You can email it to them, but we just wanna encourage you to thank those people who are starting up a really interesting school year. Yeah, the most interesting school year I've ever been a part of. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That's so right. last week's episode, part one, making it person personal. This is gonna be part two. We're gonna pass it over to John. All right. What you got, John? Are you feeling that fear, that anxiety, the uh, the stress, whether you're a Jesus follower or not? Are you feeling kind of uh, depression? Not, you know, not the medical uh, legitimate depression, but just this downness, this uh, almost despair or, or anger Everything that's happening around us, the, I mean, what started with the pandemic, um, social unrest, election coming up, natural disasters happening around us, literally, it creates this, this fear, this, this unrest inside of us, whether you're a Jesus follower or not. But like we said in the last episode, if you watch that, if what Jesus followers say is true, is true, there should be proof. See, there should be a difference in a group of people that say we believe that there is a God who knows us, who loves us, who cares for us, who has all the hairs on our head counted and cares about us more than anything in the universe. 
there should be a difference in that group of people, people who know that God is in control. And for a lot of Jesus followers, we know it, but do we actually have it make a difference in our lives? Are we seeing it change us? Are we seeing it transform us, this, this knowing, this belief? I think a lot of us, I think myself included, wish we had more faith. You know, and faith is a fancy religious word for trust, trusting God. We wish we trusted God more. We wish we could have this worry and this fear just zapped away from us. And I think what we're realizing, especially now as things kind of keep dragging on and school starts and all these fun things we get to experience in life, what we're realizing is that knowing about Jesus is not the same as trusting Jesus. Knowing about Jesus is not the same thing as trusting Jesus. See, the, the faith that we've been taught, for a lot of us, the faith that we've been taught the faith maybe that we've been shown or handed when we were kids, maybe the, the faith that we've tried before, maybe you've given up, is really just kind of like a list of beliefs, a list of um, routines that we need to do that help us know about God. A lot of, if you think about it, a lot of Christianity seems to be listening to people talk about God. That seems to be like, here's what you need to do. You need to read this as someone writes about God. You need to listen to this as somebody talks about God. And those are good things. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now is talking about God. If people didn't listen, that would be a problem for, for me. Those are good things. And for most of life, before 2020, for most of life, that seemed like enough to create faith, to grow our faith. It seemed like it. But faith, like we've talked about before, is a muscle. It's like a muscle. It has to be worked out. We have to choose to strengthen it. We have to choose to do it ourselves. It can't just be done for us. It can't be done just sitting there and listening. It's something we have to actually choose to exercise. And if we're content simply knowing things about God, if we're content just listening to others talk about God while we take really good notes, our faith muscles won't be strong enough to handle what happens in real life. It won't be enough to support us when things get difficult. And we'll never really experience trusting God. And so, especially right now, what we need is not more knowledge about God. What we need is a real faith for the real world. And so we need to make a turn from knowing and believing things about God to actually doing the stuff that it takes to experience God and to actually trust him with our daily life. And so that's why we're doing this series, Let's Be Real, meaning let's really have faith. Let's really be faith-filled Jesus followers. And so we're talking about five things that we can choose to allow God to grow our faith. Last week, we talked about three practical daily habits we can have, which is prayer, reading the scriptures, and giving away money. This week, we're going to kind of talk about what those things are meant to lead to. And they're meant to lead to a dirty word. Are you ready? This dirty word is obedience. What all this is meant to lead to is obedience. And maybe that's an uncomfortable word, especially if, you know, you're not used to, to church and all this Bible stuff. Maybe that's why you left because somebody was saying, you have to obey me because the Bible says so. So if the word obedience makes you uncomfortable, let's go with application. 
Try, try the word application, because all these things are meant to lead to application. Here's what we're going to discover in this episode, is that real faith is what we do. Real faith is not what we believe or what we know. Real faith is what we do. And some of you watching might disagree with me, and that's okay. It's okay to disagree with me. We can disagree and still be in the same family. But if you do disagree with what we're about to talk about, just ask yourself why. Why is there this resistance to what we're going to talk about? Why, why do you disagree? Why is that there this feeling in you? Where does that come from? And explore that. And maybe pray about what is this about? And so we're going to look at a passage. It's, it can be a famous passage for some people, especially if you grew up in church, those little songs for um, Sunday school kids about this passage. But it's basically at the end of one of Jesus' most famous sermons. It's probably a collection of sermons, but we call it the Sermon on the Mount. And in this teaching, and it's in Matthew chapter 7, we, he's basically telling us what a life of real faith looks like. Basically saying, if you had perfect faith, this is what you would choose to do with your life. This is what real faith looks like, the daily actions that create a foundation of life change. People who have real, true faith, they would love their enemies. They would be living for God, not for people or not for things that you can get in, in life. They would be forgiving people. They wouldn't be judging people. They would be generous people. They would uh, not just dwell on worry, but allow God to take that worry. And so he, he teaches all these things about what it would be to be completely full of faith, real faith. And then he kind of drives the point home with a, with a bit of a story. And here's what he says. Jesus saying, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like, yeah, okay. No, but check it out. Anybody who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. See, there's, there's no like uh, participation points for hearing what Jesus says. And that's what a lot of uh, religion has seemed to be like. Just keep listening to these things that Jesus says or that Jesus did or that people who followed God did. Keep listening to this teaching. But maturity isn't measured by how much we know. Maturity, especially spiritual maturity, is based on how much we follow Jesus, what we actually do with what we know. Knowing, the knowing, should move us to doing. It should change us. It should, it should allow us to experience God. It should transform our lives. Like if I went to the gym, which I can't remember the last time I went to a gym, but I was walking around the gym and I was you know, looking at the different machines and different things I could lift and, and, you know, get really sore doing, that would get me some exercise, right? Because I'd be walking around and I wouldn't be at like the all-you-can-eat buffet. I'd actually be in a gym. It'd be okay, but would it really grow my muscles if I never actually went and did the machines? If I knew everything about the machines, even knew, went to the factory where they made all these different, you know, exercise machines, and I knew how it all worked, but I never actually did it, would it make any difference in my life? Would it transform my physique into even more of what this is? What if I had a whole bunch of friends and surrounded myself with friends who went to the gym and worked out and were in shape, but I never did it? Would that change my life really at all? Would that make me healthier? No. So what if I just sat in church, in a church service, or listened to a podcast and just, you know, heard about Jesus, heard about what it means to follow Jesus, but I didn't actually do it. 
And, you know, I, I went and listened and, and, you know, it was really good and it really touched me. But I never changed anything. I never applied it. Would that really transform my life? What if I had a whole bunch of friends and I met with them and they all talked about Jesus and we got to talk about it and we enjoyed each other, but we never actually applied what we talked about? Would that grow our faith muscles? See, when we think that is what following Jesus is, we start cracking. We start getting angry, especially when we're told we can't go do those things. We start getting angry. We start maybe fighting with each other because of different views on how these things should be done. We start doubting. We start asking why. Like, why, why is all this religion stuff not working for me? Why is my life still a mess? Maybe we find someone or something to blame. Maybe you've, you've said this, hopefully not, but maybe you've heard people say this, I'm just not being fed at this church or by this pastor. Or people have said, my life's falling apart. I just need to get back to church. Like going to church is this magical answer that if you listen to this guy talk for an hour and if it's really boring, you get extra points, it'll just change your life. But for, let me be frank. I know I'm John, but for a second, I'm going to be frank. When foundation is based, when our foundation of our faith is based on knowledge and a church experience, we see the issues that we're seeing right now of fear, of anger, of freaking out, of, of this shaking of our faith, because we've based it on knowledge. We've based it on knowing things about God. What we've built, what we have relied on as our faith isn't strong enough to get us through real life. But following Jesus isn't about simply just listening to what he says. Following Jesus means doing what he says. Following Jesus means doing what he says. And so Jesus goes on. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. See, what we see here is an interesting dynamic that obeying Jesus is both the proof and the producer of real faith. Obeying Jesus or applying what he says is both the proof and the producer of real faith. Obedience, application, and faith are the cause and effect of each other. You're like, okay, that sounds like a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo, John. What are you actually trying to say? Here's what I'm trying to say. Obedience, first, obedience is proof of real faith. If we obey, we are proving we have real faith because it takes trust to obey someone. They say, do this, and if you trust them, you're like, well, they probably have the best in mind for me, so, and they know what they're talking about, so I'm going to go do it. If you don't trust them, you don't do it. And so when Jesus says, love your enemies, or pray instead of worrying, and we say, well, what if, you know, what if I love my enemy and they take advantage of me? Or what if I'm too busy praying and I, I don't get things done the way they're supposed to get done, and, and things just fall through the cracks, and God doesn't come through? See, we, we have to trust to obey. We have to make that first step to actually obey. And then when we do it, we see it actually works. It makes us trust him more the next time because the second part, obedience produces real faith. Obedience is proof of real faith, but it also produces real faith. When we begin to obey, we begin to experience God. 
We begin to see our lives transform and we learn to trust him more and more. It's like this cycle of exercising our faith, which then grows our faith so we can exercise it more. We're creating a foundation, a firm foundation of trust. See, it takes strength to lift a dumbbell, right? You have to have choose to use your strength to lift that dumbbell. But the more you do it, the stronger you get, the more weight you can lift. And we all know that. We all know it, but it only transforms, it only strengthens those who actually choose to put it into practice. We can know it and it won't change us, but if we choose to put it into practice, we will get more and more strength. When we obey, when we apply what Jesus said, we experience God, we see him transform us, we grow our faith to where we can trust him more and more in, and in more and more areas of our life. But if we choose to just sit and listen, this is what Jesus says. But anyone who hears my teaching, stop there. These are people who are hearing Jesus' teachings from his own mouth. They're not some distant cynic or unbeliever or against Jesus. They're actually listening to Jesus. Like, oh, Jesus, that's so good. That's so deep. Anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, they hear it but don't obey it, is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. See, we can know everything there is to know about God. We can know everything about theology. We can have all the answers to the deepest mysteries of the universe. We can have 100% attendance at every church, every Bible study, every conference, every retreat. We can actually work. Our full-time job can be the ministry of God and still miss what it means to follow Jesus and still have a life that is a complete mess. And we've all seen it haven't we? Whether you're a Jesus follower or not, you've seen this. You've seen it on the news because sometimes it gets so messy that even the news wants to report on it. Leaders whose lives completely blew up and completely unraveled with a mighty crash when difficulty and temptation came. Why? They knew everything. They had taught it themselves, but they weren't living it out. They weren't applying what they knew. They had no real foundation. And it, they didn't do the work to build their faith muscle. See, if we want to really develop a real faith for a real world, we need to make the switch from knowing to really doing. We need to make the switch from knowing to really doing. I think for too long, a lot of us have focused on knowing things about God. Bible studies, conferences, retreats, camps, sermons that teach word for word exactly what Moses was writing about when he was constructing the temple. We even have all the charts of the end times memorized. Now those aren't bad things. Maybe the charts are because they're probably off and that doesn't really help people, but they're not bad things. But stopping there with the knowledge does not build a real faith that can last in the real world. Think about it. What's the point of knowledge? What's the number one, the number one question I got as a teacher? When am I going to use this in my real life? 
You're teaching me all this, but when am I going to use it? What's, what good is it going to do for, for my life? See, I could, I could teach kids about you know, different battles in, in the wars and battle tactics, and they don't care. But if somebody knows they're going to war and they're in basic training, they're going to pay attention to tactics and how that's going to work for their real life. Geometry and physics, boring. But if you're actually going to apply, if you're going to design and build a house for a family to live in, you're going to pay attention on what that all means and how that works because it's applying to your daily life. People's lives are actually at stake. It's the same about studying. You can study about Jesus, but it's not the same as learning to follow him in the midst of real life. It has to apply to our life. See, focusing on knowing, that's easy. If you just focus on knowing things about God, that's so easy, it's safe. Why? Because it doesn't challenge you. You don't have to change anything. You can just stay comfortable your entire life and know all these things and still not really understand or experience following and trusting Jesus. There's no, there's no transformation. And the goal of following Jesus is not more knowledge. The goal of following Jesus is a transformed life that we become more and more like him, more and more how he created us to be. And I think what we're seeing right now is the result of a lot of knowledge that hasn't reached the maturity of doing. We haven't created a strong foundation. We haven't built a faith. We haven't built up our faith muscle. And therefore, it hasn't really transformed our lives. We don't have anything to fall back on when everything seems to be falling apart. We've built a foundation on just going to church and, and gaining knowledge, relying on someone else to do the work for us. We built a foundation on the routine of Christianity, not the actual person that Christianity worships. Knowledge has not produced a real faith that holds up to real life. We know to love our neighbor. We know to love our enemy, but then they show up or they disagree with our Facebook post. And what do we do? We argue back. We get angry. We cancel them. We unfriend them, maybe in life or maybe just on social media. But if we were doing the stuff that Jesus says, we would react differently, wouldn't we? We know God is in control. We've, we've memorized the verses that God is in control and that he holds the world in his hand and all of that. But how do we react when life is uncertain, when we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow? See, the best way to grow your faith is to consistently apply what Jesus taught. The best way to grow your faith is to consistently apply what Jesus taught. So how do we do that? First of all, if you're like, man, that's really describing me. I feel like my life's falling apart and I've just been knowing things. It's not too late. You can start today. That's kind of the point. We can start right now to do these things. And so the first thing I think we can do for, all of, for this knowledge thing is to prioritize application over information dispensation. Don't just worry about information being dispensed to you. Worry about or prioritize application, applying that information. Jesus always prioritized doing over hearing. He wasn't satisfied with just dispensing theological information, and he could have because he was God. He kind of knew all the theology, but that wasn't his point in his teaching. It wasn't just to say all these different theological things, say all these true things. In fact, that's what the religious leaders of his day did. Jesus taught differently than them. 
Here's how this, this passage actually ends. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, not unlike their teachers of religious law. See, the teachers of religious law just loved teaching true things about God. But Jesus didn't do that. He said, do this and you will be transformed. Apply this, have it transform who you are and your daily actions and you will be different and it will make a difference. That's why he came to transform lives for now and eternity. His teachings weren't super deep. The people who taught theologically deep in Jesus' day are the ones who had him killed. And so a, a few years ago, if you've been following Cross Creek, maybe you noticed this, maybe you um, have felt it but didn't know exactly what was going on. I switched my teaching a few years back. And it's still a process that I'm working on. But, and I didn't switch it to just ignore theology, but I'm still trying to keep a correct interpretation of what Scripture says. But I switched my focus from teaching knowledge to application. Asking the question of, of every time we teach at Cross Creek, what does God want us to do with this? Not what does God want us to know, but what does God want us to know and then do with what we know? Our goal hasn't been to be, be funny. Sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. Or just to create an experience or a feeling or to be a cool church. That's not the point of what we're doing. The question we ask of every teaching is, is this helpful? Will this help lead to transformation? Will this make us more like Jesus? That's why even in your connect groups, if you're, if you're in one, you've noticed there's always a question of how, what can you do this week with what we talked about? There's always that application because that's the point of applying what we've learned. Think about it. If you leave a sermon or a teaching or a study and you say, man, that was great. I just, I just feel so filled. And then you go off and your life hasn't changed at all. You don't do anything with it. And there's no change in you. What was the point? Why did, was, what good was that, that time you spent? And yeah, maybe it sounded deep, which sometimes people use the word deep for confusing, but so, maybe it sounded deep but did it sink deep into our soul and transform us into being more like Jesus? And that's not always comfortable to be looking for the application. Because we, we can hide when it's just information, right? Oh, it's so good to know the dimensions of the tabernacle. There's no challenge to be different with that information. But it's hard to hide from go and do these things as you get in the car with your screaming kids. Go and do these things as you dis disagree with your spouse. Go and do these things when people aren't that kind to you. And so how do we prioritize application? Set a routine. In this, in this time of COVID and things being canceled, we haven't been able to have a routine of going to church. And so we need to create a new routine. We thought maybe at the beginning we, things would be cleared up quickly. They haven't been. And a lot of us have missed that routine. Create a routine of watching these episodes at a specific time, on a specific day, maybe if your kids are old enough, bring them together and say, hey, we're going to watch this and we're going to talk about it. If they're younger, maybe you need to watch it after they're in bed or before they get up. But have a routine of a time you watch, a time you either journal or discuss what you watched, and then evaluate how you are applying what was talked about. 
That's why connect groups are so great because it has a set time. And we're going to probably talk about that next week about signing up for a connect group and how being with others actually changes our faith and it grows it. So set a routine. And then when you do read the scriptures, like we talked about last week, read to apply. Don't just read it to know, read it to apply it to your life. I think three, three great things you could read this week would be uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount that we just talked about, Matthew 5 through 7. Or you could read what Jesus' little brother James wrote in the book of James. Or what Jesus' best friend wrote in 1 John. Those would be great ones to read and apply because they're so practical. So set a routine, read to apply, and then ask. Ask, God, what are you saying to me right now? What do you want me to do with what I've read or with what I heard? And so prioritize application over information dispensation. And then practice obedience. Do the stuff. See, you can be, we can be given all the tools that we need, but if we don't use them, if we don't apply it, we're just building on sand. We'll just fall apart when things get rough. So if we apply it, instead of unfriending people or canceling them, maybe we pray for them like Jesus said to. Not just pray that they'll change their mind and agree with us, but actually pray for their good. If we apply what we've heard, maybe when our spouse or our parents or our teacher or our boss is being a jerk, maybe we submit our needs for theirs like Jesus said to. Maybe when those fears and those worries and that, that anxiety comes, ask, where, where is your foundation? Do you freak out? Do we allow others to influence us and, and get us all worked up? Or do we do what Jesus said and pray and trust that no matter what happens, Jesus said he would always be with us. We need to do the daily things that grow and strengthen our faith. You don't believe me? That's okay. You kind of doubt that this might work? That's okay too. Just try it. Try it. And watch what happens when you consistently apply what Jesus says. See, when we learn to obey Jesus, we build a strong foundation of faith and we learn we can trust Jesus. When we learn to obey Jesus, we build a strong foundation of faith and we learn that we can trust Jesus no matter what storms come. See, obedience displays our trust, and it builds a foundation we can rely on. Is your foundation based on hearing or doing? See, learning about God is good. It's great. Going to a church service when we can is good. But if we confuse those things as our foundation, and we don't build, we don't work on building our own muscles, at some point, that load, that weight of real life will be too heavy and we will collapse. If we want a real faith that withstands real life, the storms of real life, we have to put in the daily exercise of trusting Jesus with our daily choices, even if it doesn't make sense at the time. So what shakes your foundation? What does Jesus want you to do to trust him more. Real faith means trusting Jesus with our real life. Real faith means trusting Jesus with our real life. It's not what we know, it's what we do. So let's grow and prove our faith 
by what we do. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. Setting a routine. Super. For application. Yeah. Yeah. Well, taking just, in just the taking it. in the information, just doing it, and then like doing something about it. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. I don't know if we could. Now we're gonna get taken off YouTube because Nike will hate us. Oh. But that's okay. I hope not. I hope not. If Thanks, we're John. still here, <laughs> if we're still here, we uh, this week's giveaway is some brain food, food for your mind, mm. food for your mind mm -hmm. from uh, Bookbin downtown Salem, awesome bookstore, and this week's winner. Is Matt T. Matthew, Matthew T. T. You are the. <laughs> you're gonna get yourself some books, my friend, which is awesome. And twenty-five bucks a book, Ben. I mean. Yeah, if you buy some used books, you could you could walk out of there with a staggeringly large, heavy pile of books. Yeah. This week. What's this week? Fitz seafood. Speaking of food for your brain, I've heard that seafood gives you great omega-3s for your brain. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, this is our theme for September. <laughs> we need some brain food around Alrighty. here. Alrighty, let's do it. Okay, fit seafood. So yeah. you'll keep an eye on our social media posts. We'll um, give you an opportunity to win 25 bucks mm. to fit seafood. It's a seafood shop on 12th Street. Mm. Yep, kind of outside of downtown near Deepwood Estates in Salem, Oregon, if you're not from Salem. Sorry, you can drive to Salem to visit Fitz seafood i would if yep. i were you yeah amazing i know <laughs> what you would get razor, razor clams. clams yeah thank you yeah we should call them and see if they sell razor clams oh man it doesn't even I've oh they're not in season just... oh oh that's right no wait that's right yeah it's early summer i'm there okay okay yeah. we'll we'll go there this, for some salmon now in early you got zoom brain okay yeah fit seafood so check it out we did um we're doing some gathering of goodies for our evacuee friends. Yep. Um, there's a distribution center that United um, United Way Mid Valley has set up on Front Street. We'll put some details in the show notes if you wanna to give to that. We have a direct link for you to give because last week's uh, message that John talked about was one of the applications, the three things was pray, read, and give. That'd be a great organization to give to right now because as they say, um, our friends over there, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. These, yeah. um, our friends are gonna be needing stuff for a long time right. while they're getting things settled, so. And everybody I talk to just wants to help. So they just want the one help. One way you can help. One way you can help. Yeah. Um, so we'll put a link in the description. Um, you can also donate to Cross Creek. 10% uh, of what we give goes to local organizations, similar to that, um, to help people. And it helps. Of what we get. Of what we get. 10% of yeah. yeah, and then it helps us uh, stay afloat too. So uh, it's like paying it forward. Yeah. Yeah, so. There will be a link for you in the description for that as well. And coming up next. Questions. Yeah. To talk about. That's right. This what is your way of taking it from just receiving the information from John and applying it. You can do it with a buddy. Yeah. You can journal it, like he said. Um, or you can do it in your connect group. Yeah. That's it. You should get back oh. to work or stop. I probably should stop. You probably should. It's you got to stop. You got to rest. A little overtime right Rest now. is important. It is. Thanks for watching. Thank you. See ya. See you. Are you feeling it? Are you? <laughs> Are you really? Uh, <laughs> Are you? Are you feeling it? Are you?
Are you feeling it? <laughs>